Imagine scolding and punishing your child after they misbehave and looking at them in the face and seeing the face of God. How would that change the way you discipline your children? This is what angels see when they look at the face of our children. Today, Sarah Moore is here to talk about some ways that Jesus taught throughout the Bible that show us how God is not a punitive God, and neither should we be a punitive parent. We all know that parenting is hard work and life can get busy. We've done the research to help you. So let's dig deep with Leanne Mancini and work together to help you raise strong Christian kids. Welcome back, Raising Christian Kid Family. We are happy you are here, and we are learning so much in this month of disciplining. And today I have Sarah R. Moore, author of Peaceful Discipline, Story Teaching, Brain Science, and Better Behavior. She is the founder of Dandelion Seeds Positive Parenting, and she serves as a public speaker, armchair neuroscientist, and most importantly, a mama and a daughter of Christ. She's a lifelong learner with training in child development, trauma recovery, interpersonal neurobiology, and improv comedy. I love that. As a certified master trainer in conscious parenting, she helps bring joy, ease, and connection back to families around the globe. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Thank you for having me. Well, I, I love the uh, improv comedy. Where do you do that? Just out of curiosity. Thank you. Yeah, I actually took classes in that while I was working in corporate America because I was so busy and so serious all day, every day that I needed some balance. So I did it for fun, ended up graduating from comedy school. You know, I think that's a great tool because, you know, we're sometimes we find ourselves like deer in headlights. We're not sure which way to pivot or to move or what to say or what to do. So that would be good practice, I would think. So tell us a bit about your book, Peaceful Discipline, and why you wrote it. Sure. Well, this book was put on my heart by God. There's a spiritual journey that I'll explain deeply or explain briefly rather in just a moment. But there's also the logistical part. The logistical part started, and I've got it in the preface of my book, but at my daughter's four-month well-check visit with her pediatrician, where I brought her in and he looked me in the eye and said, well, how's sleep going? And I thought, well, she's four months old. So of course, she's not sleeping a whole lot yet. But I said, she's up a lot, but holistically, she's getting a lot of sleep. So we're good. Thank you for asking. And he looked at me and he said, Sarah, you're ridiculous. Don't ever pick her up when she cries. She's manipulating you. Let me know when you're ready to get serious about parenting. Well, in that moment, I froze. I didn't have anything to say. I didn't know what to do. But I went home and got so serious about parenting that I started researching everything I could about why it is important that we're responsive to our children, not only when they're infants, but throughout the entire time they live in our homes. I liken it to our prayer relationship with God. We don't just pray when we're in crisis. He wants us to pray to him and have a connection-based relationship with him all the time. And the same applies to our children. So that was part of what really sent me on the journey of wanting to learn everything I could. But the part of actual book writing, God about a year and a half ago said, Sarah, I'm going to need you to write a book about this. And I said, okay, God, if you say so, I will. But should it be a Christian book or should it be a secular book? And he said, Sarah, you're going to have to trust me on this one. It's going to be a secular book because we know 
that there are a whole lot of people who are turning away from Christ right now. They're turning away from Christianity and believing, and it's really getting skewed. So I need your book to be able to reach hearts and minds of people who might not pick up a quote-unquote Christian parenting book, but then I want them to get curious about where this comes from, and through this indirect way, they will find me and my peace. So I said, okay, God, this is scary, but I trust you. I'll do it. He unfortunately made me do all the typing, but it is 100% (laughs) received from God. Oh, I love that. And listen, even if our children are in a world where they're going to interact with kids who are not Christian, wouldn't it be nice to make sure or to know that those parents are disciplining their children so that they can be upright, upstanding citizens, kind and loving and considerate. So I I agree. And then they look, well, where's this woman come from? Where's this author? I really love her book. And then they find out you're Christian. So I love that. What are some of the ways Jesus taught? And what can we learn from him about how to teach our children? Yeah, I really did my best to reflect the way Jesus taught throughout what I recommend in my book. And two things come to mind as far as the way Jesus taught. Number one, I'd like us to very briefly look at the story of Zacchaeus. For those of us who aren't familiar with Zacchaeus, you can read all about him in Luke. But Zacchaeus was a tax collector. He was a bad guy. Nobody liked him. He was stealing from people. He was terrible. He was a great big sinner. So what Jesus did If he were, I'm going to just kind of mess with this a little bit. If Jesus had been a punitive God, if Jesus had been out to get somebody, he would have said, I'm going to take that Zacchaeus guy who happened, by the way, to be really short and happened to be looking at Jesus from up in a tree. He could have pulled Zacchaeus out of the tree and given him the riot act and, you know, punished him right there on the spot. That would have sent a message to the crowd. But that's not what Jesus did. What he actually did was to say, hey, Zacchaeus, come over here. In fact, let's go have dinner at your house. Let's hang out for a while. He taught Zacchaeus through two things, emotional safety and connection, that there was another way. There was nothing Jesus said to Zacchaeus that was scary or intimidating or punitive. Instead, he offered him a peaceful invitation to just be with him and be open to a better way of living. And Zacchaeus felt the safety that came from Jesus and was able to say, I know I made a mistake and I'm done doing that. I want to be like you. I'm going to follow you forevermore. And that applies so often to our parenting too, right? And then the other way that Jesus is is known for teaching is through parables. When we think about how he taught The disciples, when he taught, you know, other people, it was always connection-based and often through stories. We can think of parables, parable of the mustard seed, parable of the, the prodigal son, the parable of, you know, the list goes on and on. But Jesus used these stories to illustrate for people what God's love is like and how to live for God. So that's why I've got story teaching. That's a term that I made up with, you know, input from God. I said, God, what do I call this? And he said, it's story teaching. It's essentially parables for parents. There are ways that we can teach our children through stories and lest anyone get overwhelmed and think, well, I'm not creative. I can't do that. I'm not Jesus. Don't worry. You're an automatic storyteller just because you're human and you have a brain. We all have a part of the brain called the hippocampus. It's the natural storyteller. 
that basically creates our narrative memories. So simply having a conversation with our child, talking about something that happened in in our real life, could be reading a story, it might be making something up. But when we directly access that part of the child's brain, it is number one, emotionally safe to them. And number two, it's using a tool that Jesus himself taught us to use to say we can teach masses and have these stories spread in a way that is completely safe and non-punitive for them. Oh, I think that's great. I did an episode, Inuit, I believe it is, Eskimos. Yes, yes, yes. And that's what they do. They don't just, they don't yell at their children. They just tell them a story. Yes, exactly. And it works. And, you know, there are cultures all around the world that have used stories as teachers. Love that. So lastly, let's talk about punishments in the Bible. What does the New Testament say about this? And should we adjust as parents? If so, how? I love this question. So New Testament is obviously completely God-inspired, inspired by the Lord himself, and just like the Old Testament was. And the thing is, they don't actually contradict each other. What we learn from the New Testament, though, if we look, for example, at Romans chapter 8, verse 1, beautiful verse in there, and I can't underline it and highlight it enough, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. God already took through Jesus, the pain and suffering that all of us, adults and children alike, deserve. He took it for us. So the thing is, oftentimes as parents, we realize, okay, yes, I have sinned, but I'm forgiven. You know, if I repent, if I apologize. But for my children, we kind of have this double standard. No, I still need to punish them. But that's not true. If we look back at Romans chapter 8, verse 1, God didn't just take punishment for adults. He took it for all believers, all humanity who turned to him. Therefore, we do not need to be punishing our children because Christ already took the punishment. Further, we need to look at verses like, oh gosh, another one of my favorites is in Matthew and Jesus himself said it. It says, see, he's talking about children and he said, see that you don't look down on these little ones Because when the angels look at them, they see the face of the Father in heaven. And oh my goodness, I get chills when I think about that. If I look at my child, and I'm thinking that if I were an angel, I would be seeing the very face of God reflected back up at me. Well, obviously, I'm not an angel. I'm just the parent. But if that's what the angels are able to see, I can't imagine looking at a child and saying, I need to punish the face of God. That just doesn't sit right in my nervous system at all. So we're called to love our neighbor as ourself, and our neighbors include our kids too. What a wonderful, outstanding visual for parents. You know, when you look at your child, you see the Lord. We, we don't want to punish them, but we know that there are consequences that children must bear for their misbehavior or their sins. Is there anything else you'd like to share? I want to share incredible gratitude for the work that people are doing right now to have a more peaceful relationship with their children. I have a great fear that the more society leans into punishment, quote unquote, in the name of God, the more children are going to grow up thinking, well, that God is not safe. I don't want that. So I really want people to understand that if we want to raise children who love the Lord and who trust the Lord and who turn to him with their troubles, 
we need to be the face of the Lord until they understand what he really looks like. So they're going to look at us and say, does mom or dad believe? And if so, does this belief feel safe to me and like something I want in my life when I grow up? So for those who realize this and are willing to accept the great responsibility of representing Christ's love for our children while they grow on their spiritual path, you are doing not only incredible work for the children in your home, but you're doing God's work in helping people continue to believe in a world that is increasingly non-believing. So my incredible gratitude for your sharing of his love, even when it's hard. Well, I just want to add that for parents, this is something that benefits you as well. When you are calm, when you're not stressed out yelling at your kids, God gives you blessings for that. And it'll, it'll bless you in many ways. First of all, your own personal mental safety and physical safety, because stress, you know, does a lot of harm to the body. So I think this gentle parenting, it doesn't mean you're not disciplining your children. Now, there are some out there that take it too far and think you should never discipline your children. You should discipline your children, but discipline them in love and let there be consequences for their behaviors. And I just love that. You see the face of God when you look at your children. Thank you, Sarah. And how can people reach you? We'll have it in the show notes, but if you want to share that real quick. Thanks so much. Well, once again, the book is Peaceful Discipline, and it's available pretty much everywhere books are sold. My website is dandelionseeds.com. It's dandelion-seeds.com. So make sure to include the hyphen. On all the social media, I'm Dandelion Seeds Positive Parenting. Except for Instagram, I'm Dandelion Seeds Positive Living because parenting wouldn't fit. Thank you, Sarah. God bless you and the work of your hands. And this is how we all work together to raise strong Christian kids. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app.